Welcome to the Third Generation Networking Podcast with your hosts, Debbie and Greg Peters. Hello, networkers. Welcome back to another episode of the Third Generation Networking Podcast. I'm Greg Peters, the reluctant networker, the uh, superhero in residence, uh, dad of, of two, and uh, I got a couple cats here, too. <laughs> <laughs> With me, of course, is my co-host, Debbie Peters, the networking guru, my mom, and business partner. How are you doing, Mom? I'm doing great. I I think that we have made it through the holidays. Well, at least almost. We still have New Year's to go, right? We still got New Year's to, to make it through. But, uh, you know, New Year's has always felt like one of those sad afterthought holidays to me because, I, you know, we were never growing up. We were never kind of big partiers or anything. So it was never a big, so it was sort of like, ooh, Happy New Year. Okay, well, it's over. Let's go to bed. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like the afterthought. <laughs> I like it when you kids are here because if you weren't, we don't even stay up. To I was say, say, do you even year. make it to midnight? <laughs> no. I think one year, uh, it was it was the year that Kaylee was born. Uh, I was the, it was Kaylee and I were the only ones up. She was what, about a month, month and change old. So she and I were awake at midnight and then I put her to bed and <laughs> that was about it. <laughs> you said is this all there is <laughs> yeah that's it sorry kid that's I, I think actually there's a picture of me at like 7 45 with her on my chest uh, asleep <laughs> all right so uh with regards to the podcast that we got together to talk about today <laughs> Uh, last time we talked about uh, kind of an interesting concept, the networking scorecard and how to actually measure your networking activities and to uh, consciously improve on them using a specific tool so that you can get better results. This year, uh, excuse me, this, this, uh, this episode. <laughs> next week is this year. <laughs> next week is this year. <laughs> so uh, with this episode, we're going to be talking about some creative ways that we can be of benefit to our networking partners. It doesn't always have to be about bottom line contract referrals. It doesn't have to be clients. We can, we can find other ways to be of benefit. And you and I have talked about this in the past and some of the ideas we had. And um, I think one of the ones we came up with was uh, in one that I think it's, it's fairly easy and low effort is sort of the social media cross pollination thing that we can do. Uh, you want to elaborate a little on that? Well, this is funny because you know me, I don't do social media except to stalk it. Uh, <laughs> ever so often I make comments, but uh, my friend Patty Cavins, who is has become kind of a master at this, she actually had a short uh, Zoom education moment. This is several months ago uh, for several, of, it was, she announced it at a BNI meeting and she said, anyone can come and another one of our BNI partners put it on. It was only like 15 minutes talking about how we could um, get the message out for all of us. And so um, we can go in and we can like people's posts. That's, you know, that's one level. And then we can um, comment, that's, that's even better. And then we can share it, that's mm -hmm. even better. So it's that keeping their post active and uh, top, of, top of the heap on whatever, whatever the, uh, algorithms are for that moment. Right. Um, it was actually, so, it was, uh, I, I saw a, uh, I was speaking or actually emceeing a, um, a uh, program for the American Marketing Association, the Michigan chapter. And one of the speakers there, he was talking about 
those posts which are uh, shared and commented and, uh, and uh, um, liked within the first half hour of their being posted tend to be, they, they tend to be spread much more widely. Uh, again, depending on the service and, 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 and uh, the uh, algorithm of the day, but they tend to get spread much more widely. So if you can actually get some friends that you can notify and say, hey, I just posted something, would you be willing? Um, I mean, that's, that's a big deal. If you, can, if you can keep an eye on someone's feed, you are doing them a, a tremendous favor of, uh, of, of you know, sharing your social media weight with them. Yeah, getting it out to your network. So that, and you know, it doesn't take really any time. It's probably the longest it takes for me is to comment and then to figure out, remember how to share because I have to remember every time. That, that share button being pretty complicated. Your feed, do you share to your you know, publicly? Do you share to a group? Do you share to a page? You know, there there are, are more complexities to it. Yes. But being able to actually do that is, I mean, it's, it's a huge thing and it does not, it really doesn't take long. I think the challenge to it though is being uh, intentional about it. Um, because I know that me, when I go to Facebook, I just start paging through and, you know, I just, whatever happens to show up shows up. But if I want to help a particular person, I need to go and look on their particular feed and see what they are doing. Because, you know, like Facebook, you don't see everybody that's on your, on your friends list. Well, I don't know um, if this works still, because of course, Facebook changes itself every time it turns around, but I, I asked Jen Wensky how she was so able to keep track of everyone and do basically what we're talking about. And Jen's been gone now for several years, but she only goes into her notifications or only went into her notifications. She never went into her Facebook feed or mm. anyone's feed. So I think if you just go to notifications, you get stuff that maybe you're not even seeing normally. I don't know. Okay, but, I'll, I'll check if not, myself. <laughs> yeah, if not, then you should just have a list of people that you can do a search and then, you know, spend 15 minutes. Yeah, and look, look and see what their most recent post was, like and share it, and, and then and move on to the next one. It doesn't have to take long, and, and it's and in many ways, it's showing appreciation for the efforts they're putting forth, too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and also, if it happens to be an event, there's a fourth thing you could do, and that's invite people to it. Oh yeah, especially or, or even plan to go yourself. Yes, go in, go in and say either that you're interested or going, and then also invite some people to come with you. Yeah, definitely. Okay, so uh, that's one thing we can do is is to help them out on social media. We can do sort of sort of that cross pollination that uh, that can help them out, give them some of our our uh, our social media juice, as it were. Uh, what else can we do? So another one that um, I thought of when we talk about create being creative is uh, all types of organizations are always looking for speakers and so I think that in our network and and obviously we want to know that the people that we're proposing as speakers are good speakers so well, yes there num is that. number one you might want to go to one of their events where they're putting on something that you can hear them speak <laughs> number one that would be the first creative thing but the second part of that is if you feel that they would make you look good as a speaker is to propose them and say, this is why I think they would be good. This is a topic I think that would be of value to the membership. And it does, again, it takes three seconds to do that. Or you can even take a little bit longer and do a Zoom call introduction if that's appropriate. 
Certainly. Now, there are, there are some caveats to this one that I'm going to put out there just as a professional speaker. Um, you know, I, I spoke recently at a Kiwanis. Uh, it was the Lansing Club, and it was a great experience. And one of the things they said is, you know, we are always looking for speakers. They meet weekly. And so for them to fill their calendar with speakers is a huge challenge. Being a, uh, uh, um, a service organization, they don't have a budget to bring in you know, big name professional speakers. And I understand that. Um, there are people who are like me, we are professional speakers. This is how we make our living. And so we have, you have to be a little, a little um, cautious. You don't want to mm -hmm. just say, Hey, I know someone who's gonna be a great speaker for you. You might want to first ask the speaker, say, you know, this might be an opportunity. Would you be interested? Um, and, and don't assume though, just because they're a professional speaker that they won't be. Um, you know, I, I actually connected the Kiwanis folks with uh, the, our local, our chapter president is, her name is Ann Bonnie, and she is a very professional speaker. She is out there in the, in the real world, making real money as a speaker. And, real green money. Huh, real green money, yeah. <laughs> and so, you know, I was a little hesitant to, to suggest it to her because, you know, I, they, they, I know they weren't going to be able to pay a, like a, her normal fee by any means. Uh, but she was actually very excited about the idea of being able to speak with this group. So, um, so, so just be aware of both sides. Don't just say, Hey, you want to, you know, yes, make sure they're a good speaker, but also make sure they understand the whole setup of what they're going to be facing, um, whether or not it's going to be a paid or unpaid speaking opportunity. Mm -hmm. um, just be, just be on the safe side. That's something we, we want to be aware of. Yeah. Well, um, there's a, a young gentleman that visited my BNI meeting last week. His name is Adam Cassis, and he is the executive director for Keith Toledo and Lucas County Beautiful. And um, knowing most nonprofits, uh, he would love the opportunity. So I didn't even ask him for permission when I proposed his name to someone else. <laughs> uh, I have not heard him speak, but another one of our members mentioned in passing that she had she had had him speak at one of her groups and she needed to pull him in and another one that, you know, she learned blah, blah, blah. And so um, just with her, um, um, she, she um, made, it, made him credible. So I felt comfortable pushing his name, but now I'm hoping that <laughs> I haven't insulted it. I don't think I have. <laughs> most, most speakers are not gonna be insulted. I mean, but it's just to be aware that, you know, you don't want to put someone in touch with, you know, I mean, there, are, there are really big names in the speaker industry. Like Thomas Stanley, like, Thomas, yeah. would you come and talk to our Rotary group? <laughs> right, right. That, that, that's just not going to happen. Um, no. You want to make sure you have an established relationship one way or the other so that you can you can feel comfortable putting that out and, and let just let them be aware. You know, this, this is a, a, a service club, of course. Most professional speakers do understand that service clubs are probably not going to pay them. So it's not that big right. a deal. Um, well, and I hadn't thought about this when we started talking, but remember when I brought Scott Ginsburg, who is the name tag guy. The name tag I, guy. Just had a nice conversation with him the other day, actually. Yeah. I brought him to Toledo. This is probably 20 years ago, maybe more. And um, he, he is a paid speaker, although Greg shared with me that Scott is no longer speaking, that he is <clears throat> working working for a paycheck now. Working for a paycheck now. <laughs> um and he still has other things going on. It's not he has a lot of stuff going on. <laughs> but at that point, you know, I, I reached out to him and said, you know, when doesn't have money to pay you, maybe they can pay you a hundred dollars or whatever. And he said, tell you what, 
I'll come in and speak for when, if you can find me three other speaking, if you can give my name out to three people, three organizations that could hire me. He didn't say they had to be closed events. Yeah. And I actually ended up getting him two. I, you know, put his name out to three. I got two closed speaking events for him. One of which became a long-term client of his. I didn't know you did that. That's cool. Yeah, he did. Oh. Uh, he, he spoke for a law firm, which he told me he never speaks for law firms. I'm like, you're speaking for this one. <laughs> <laughs> and he was right. He probably should never speak for law firms because, you know, what do they know about networking? And, and uh, But the other one was the YMCA. And they brought him back several times for okay. large events. So being, uh, he was very creative in being willing to speak at no charge for one group, as long as he could, you know, at least have an opportunity with a couple other groups. Sure, sure. Excellent. Okay, so the, this whole idea of uh, speakers for uh, and this benefits both the speaker and the group. So yeah. good on both sides. Uh, what other what other uh, opportunities could we uh, special opportunities or unusual uh, things could we do donations of our personal time? You know, what what what, what might we some well, examples would that be? When I'm meeting with people, I'm always, I don't, I don't learn about the business person and then separately learn about the, the personal side. I, you know, mix those two up. Wait a minute. They're connected. That's scary, isn't it? <laughs> but so I always know a little bit about the personal side of the person, maybe a lot. And uh, I'm friends with Kristen Meyer, who is the executive director of the mommy chamber and I don't even know how we got to talking about this, but she mentioned that she had never made pie crust. And I'm kind of, I do, maybe people know that I am a fairly good pie baker. And uh, yes, my, mother, my mother-in-law, <laughs> who's now gone, um, she used to say that I made better pie crust than granny, which is high, high, high praise. praise. High praise, yes. So, <clears throat> Kristen said she had never made pie crust. She had always just bought the, the Pillsbury, you know, in the in the, the cooler case pie crust. Yep. I said, do you want to learn? And she said, yeah, I would love to. So she came over one Sunday and we made pie crust <laughs> and she loved it. So it's giving your personal expertise to someone else that wants to learn. Um, and she's going to, uh, as you know, I'm not the craftiest person in the whole world. Mm-hmm. And she is very crafty. And so we're going to do us a, a girl crafting Sunday, although she may have a big project on her hands, bigger project than she had for me <laughs> with pie dough. <laughs> so she's going to teach me how to craft, which will be an interesting time. Well, and I think that's, uh, this ties into, you know, it's sort of, it's understanding that the person is more than just their business. It is their, the personal side is also, and I've, I've had people, you know, most people know that I, I'm a, a master black belt in Taekwondo. People will contact me not to know about networking, but to know about what I know about martial arts and how to pick out a good school for their kids. And, you know, that's, that's a whole different thing, but Hey, I'm more than happy to help. That's something that yeah. I can do to be of value to the, to the network. Yeah. And I think this is one of those things that, <clears throat> I remember a few years back, I was giving a, a program and a, one of the gentlemen who was in the audience, he, he was, uh, he'd been in the banking business for like 25 years and, and had recently lost his job. And he was saying, I have a hard time networking because I don't feel like I have anything to offer. Mm-hmm. 
And I said, well, you're kidding me, right? <laughs> you know, you've been in the banking business for 25 years. You have a wealth of experience there. You've put two kids through college. I'm sure there is information there that would be of value to other people in your network. You have traveled extensively. Um, there, there, is, there is value in, in any of those experiences. I mean, we have to understand that we ourselves are more than just our business. We, we have all these things that we can provide uh, that you never know when they're going to be of value to someone else. I agree. And I, I thought of the one that um, I didn't write down that I just remembered it. And that is <laughs> uh, uh, my, my uh, closet shelf is full of white wine. Excuse me. It's not full of white wine. It's full of red wine. White wine that, doesn't last long. <laughs> white wine doesn't last long. And I'm not a real huge fan of red wine. So and typically when people come and bring house or, or house gifts or hostess gifts, they will bring a bottle. If they're bringing a bottle of wine, they bring a bottle of red wine, which then gets put on the shelf. So there's a full, huge shelf of red wine. I happened to mention it to my friend, Carrie Brimmer, who is our graphic artist. Mm -hmm. And she said, we love red wine. So <laughs> I'm meeting with Carrie this week to deliver a whole bunch of red wine to her. And it's going to clean up my shelf and my my uh, closet. I'm going to be happy and Carrie's going to be happy. So we've helped each other. <laughs> and for all those people who gave her red wine, she really does appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. Un oak Chardonnay, please. <laughs> Un oak Chardonnay is her preferred wine. Uh, but but any any gift you give is always from the heart. And that's the important thing. <laughs> yes. Yes. Because right, so, I can give it to someone else. <laughs> yeah. There we go. Regifting. <laughs> Uh, so just to, to rehash, uh, we talked about um, uh, social media cross-pollination, uh, proposing speakers, finding other personal uh, uh, gifts that we can give of our time based upon our own uh, valuable experience. And of course, alcohol, lots of alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Did we cover them all there? I think we got them all in. All right. And it's well, especially important, you know, with New Year's Eve coming. Yeah, we, New That's, Year's Eve is coming. People need alcohol. So. Right. <laughs> we we, we got to toast out the old year. So, <laughs> all right. With that said, um, we're going to, next time, we're going to be talking a little bit about uh, one of the most valuable networking activities that you can perform and some of the uh, underlying infrastructure that you kind of need to be really good at it. Um, and we're going to leave it there. It's a little bit of a mystery. So <laughs> un until the next time we talk, uh, you know, I want to thank you for coming into our program today. I hope you have had uh, at least a year that you can look back on with some amount of pride that you survived it <laughs> and that you are looking forward to our next year, 2021. It's going to be a, a, a good one, I'm sure. If you enjoyed the program today, do please comment. It'll be on our Facebook pages. Uh, the information will be in the episode notes. If you'd like to hear us more often, we are here every single week. Uh, please do subscribe. Uh, and, and if you know of anybody who can benefit from this, please pass it along to them. Yeah, that's that helping thing. That's that helping <laughs> thing. Look at that right there. It was a perfect example. And until the next time we are together, please go out and make some great connections. Happy New Year, and we'll see you soon. And take care, Mom. Thanks, Greg. We'll see Bye -bye. you. Bye-bye now. You've been listening to the Third Generation Networking Podcast with your hosts, Greg and Debbie Peters. If you'd like to learn more about our new virtual training programs, go to connectnation.com.